honestly, boys, I don't want to waste any time because <laughs> I need to let the two fans know that to not listen. If they're listening to this episode, I need them to know not to listen to the last episode. Like, please don't. Yeah. Because everything I Why said on that? there was... Everything I said on there was completely wrong. Do not listen to it, please. It was wrong. I was wrong. Just it's full of wrong. Just wrongness. So do not listen to it. I beg of you. Thank you. I'm going to thank you in advance. Do not listen to that last episode. I will be happy if that last episode is like zero listens. I'll be happy because then the whole world won't know how wrong I was. And what was I wrong about? I was wrong about Luca, the Suns, Devin Booker. I mean, Alex, you could probably continue the list like even farther, but those are the main. I'm just surprised at the sudden like humility out of you. You know, the the honor of you coming forward and saying that you were hiding behind the well, you know. So I, I applaud you, sir. Good for there's, you. There, there, I, I can't. There's no excuses. There's no, well, nah, cuz. Nah, yeah. cuz. Not after we saw last night, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm i kind of in a similar boat as you. I mean, you were a little headstrong on Luca, which doesn't make you look too smart. But I was very, yeah. very headstrong on the Bucks, which... Hey, mm. First of all, you didn't even, you didn't even start with this. But it, when was the last we've ever seen, if ever, two blowout sevens? It's it's crazy. One of them being away, which is even crazier. But both of them, 81-109, so basically 30 points there. And then 90-123, 33 points there. That's crazy. In a game seven. <laughs> I was pretty bummed to be honest I, I was i wanted at least somewhat of a game yeah i mean um it, it, it first of all these are the two teams that were in the finals last year both losing yeah on the same day game seven and going back to the headstrong thing and it's funny because we recorded that on wednesday i think thursday they had game Game six was on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Either Thursday or Friday was game six. And yeah, Suns Mavericks, game six on, on Thursday. Okay, Thursday, game six. And I texted you guys once you could tell shit was hitting the fan in that game six. I texted you guys, this always happens. I get on the podcast, go real strong on a take, and then immediately after, I'm just getting... You know, Just like clockwork, D book is cold AF and Luca is being a super beast. <laughs> Happens every time <laughs> I talk about somebody on the pod. That is true. Wow. What are you making? You're making baseball bets? Is that what I just saw right there? Yeah, I, I got. So we're like multitasking MLB. podcasting now. I got my MLB TV on the, on the monitor and dude just hit the strikeout. So, you know, I had to, for that. That's wild. I had to hit, you know, it's hard for me not to do the, the umpire, you know, strikeout thing, especially because he was looking. He got caught looking. You got to exaggerate that a little bit. 
but yeah, it, it um it was bad. But I mean, credit to me too. I'm gonna credit myself for this. I I could have came out here buck wild and said, "Man, I was right about that Celtics. Celtics. I told y'all they're winning in seven. But I was kind of light on that and more heavy on the Devin Booker Luca thing and. Because everybody was making that comparison. Everybody was saying, like, who do you start? Like, who, who, is, who are you starting a franchise with, D-Book or Luca? That was, even after we got off the pod, I had seen the B-Ball account, I think, on Instagram was one, or Boardroom, or House of Highlights. There was a couple of those off-brand, major popular basketball accounts that had posted D-Book or Luca. So I felt like, I was like, wow, we David picked a really great topic. You know, all everybody's talking about it. so i'm just glad that i said don't jump the gun on luca being like james harden we have to at least give him a chance to to try and win and here he is just i mean 27 in the first half and the other team puts up 27 i mean where are you going to see a stat line like that now i don't really like the conversation of is luca Doncic a top five player right now i just yes i just I, yes okay Yes. We're, yes, we were having a conversation a week ago about if he was better than Devin Booker. I, I don't care. Devin he Booker, proved- what a top fifteen player, top twenty player. Like, what is like? How far are you going to go after this loss? And we were right. comparing them a week ago, so you can't tell me he's a top five player and then put D Book in the top fifteen. That doesn't work that way. Look. In the span, things happen quick around here. Okay. <laughs> things happen quick. Because, dude, okay. a week ago, <laughs> all right, a week ago, we went from dang, point God, CP3 to Christopher. Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. 37 year old Christopher. Thirty-four. Like, that's how quick things change because we, we thought it was a wrap. We already had, like, yeah. the conclusion. Golden State versus the Suns, and then whoever else, Heat versus whoever came out of that series in the East. That's why this all changed. But then Luca said, wait, what? You want to see the Luca special? All right, man. And this dude just, I right, dude, is, he is a top five player in this league. He is currently the best remaining player in the playoffs. Wow. 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 <laughs> that, is, that is so bold. Okay, we got Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler are the top three other players. Luca's better than I'm all sorry, of them. but at the end of the at day, point, the Trump at card moment, at the, the Trump card is there is the greatest shooter not three point not two point the greatest shooter ever on the other team i will not say luka Doncic is better than him at the very least tatum it's worth a discussion at this point in time luka is better than all of them he is way more dangerous and yeah after last night sure if we're just talking about last night and then tomorrow what he does like come on i mean what what the sample size of two games (laughs) it's this whole series what do you what do you mean like his whole career he's been it's it the thing is we're finally seeing where it's like jason you add in jason kidd luca all in his superpowers and being able to 
to balance getting teammates involved and like not having let me let me get the ball off my hands to to Brunson a little bit like not tr- handling all of the load Dude, you just, literally said the exact opposite four or five days ago. I was wrong. I was I completely, but you utterly just because wrong. you were wrong doesn't mean you do a one eighty and say he gets his teammates involved. He is still an ISO ball dominant player. Like, sure, he makes good. De- he made better decisions in Game Seven, and they blew them the fuck out. Like, Why it do you was. Think it was just Game Seven. We should be talking more about how the Suns, who oh. were the only sixty win team. They were eight games better than any eight wins better than any other team in the NBA. Just had a forty-six point deficit at one point in Game Seven at home. Because of that's Luka. what we should be talking about. No, this recency no. bias because nobody yeah. was really talking about Luka like on MVP, like a real MVP candidate. How people Devin sudden, Booker like, was in the running. Yeah, like how all of a sudden you're you're like oh top five. I mean he's been doing amazing in this in the playoffs. This is, yeah, because. This is playoffs, bro. Like, I still don't understand. Okay, like LeBron James still the best player in your mind, and not Giannis after last year. Okay, LeBron James will always be the best player in my mind, and I'm sorry that until the day the he says, until the day he says like I'm done with basketball, I will forever think he's the greatest greatest player in the NBA. Um, but that's just my heavy bias. I will admit that. So that's not even biased at this point. It's just like ignorance to other players in the league. Like there's, there are LeBron James is maybe not even a top five player anymore. If you're considering Luka Doncic a top five player, well, no, let's ask him. Do you consider him better than Luka than uh, than LeBron right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Yes or no? Yes. You consider him better than LeBron right now? Yes. Okay, so you were saying you like for, like all time LeBron is the best. I'm saying right now, you were right. saying earlier this season LeBron is the best player in the league right now. Yes, I will. My my fandom says yes, he will be. But I know intellectually, he is okay. not. Can can I have that? Can I can I at least? Yeah, have that's that? fine. I'm admitting my my bias. Well, you're like faults. a year and a half late, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm just what? saying, Giannis. <laughs> if I, I fully, I KD. didn't tweet this, but I was going to tweet this. If you don't think Giannis is the best player in this league right now, I don't know what kind of basketball you're watching. If you don't think the last Luke two is games the best player in this 20, league right now, 20. I don't know what kind of basketball you're watching. Uh, what did he have in game six? 35, 22, and eight. And then the last game, he had 27, 20, and six. I mean, come on. <laughs> Hey, he's at home now. He's in Cancun. He's in Cabo. Excuse, excuse me. 44, 20, and 6 in game 6. Excuse me. Yeah, he took it all the and way then, to And then wait, Cabo. let me tell you. 20, 25, 20, and 9. And that was a bad game. <laughs> and that was a... You said he disappeared. That was a bad game for Giannis. How is he that even possible? How is How do you have 25 points and 20 rebounds and almost 10 assists and it's a bad game? He wasn't there. He didn't show up. It's it's hard to argue that he's that he's not the best player when he took the Boston Celtics to Game Seven without Middleton. And Insane, dude. Defensive team in the league this year. I came with my to facts, David. Okay, look, look, we're 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 gonna get there. You're jumping the gun. 
I'm still trying to, Your Honor, I'm still trying to defend Luca over here because my boy, my boy Alex over here, I feel like just isn't it. it you're not giving this man enough enough credit where it's due. He didn't just oh he had a couple of great games like good job Luca. Nah, bro, this dude cemented himself. He is that guy. And not only not only Jaylen because Brunson of the way the first he played, two games. Be- what? Like, what about Jalen Brunson in the first, what was it, three games that they played without Luka? I mean, like, let's talk about the role players, like the reason they actually you're, you're won gonna, this you're series. Gonna compare, you're going to compare Jalen Brunson to Luka Doncic? No, I'm saying that's let's like, talk like, about the like games me. that he wasn't even playing in in this series. It you want to talk about series. recency bias? Series. He played the – He played. so it was this series he played the whole series. Last series he was injured. Yes. That correct? Okay. Okay. I had that mixed up. My mistake. My mistake. My mistake. Any, hey, you're any trying to, you're, I mean, acting like you're saying gospel over here. Calm down. It is gospel, bro. Best player. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to come on here being all strong about it. And then he's going to throw a fucking dud game one. Fucking dud. I see it already. He's going to fucking miss everything. Three from 15 from the field. And like 10 turnovers, God, I already see it. But it doesn't matter. If it happens, it happens. Whatever. But. So you're taking the Mavs over the, the Warriors? I really want the Mavs to win over the are Warriors. You, are you joking me? Like, you're, you're really going to say all this and then you just don't back it up. Like, back it up. Take the Mavs. Re- Do yeah, it. Yeah. I, I you're really calling him a top want... five player. You're saying he demolished this team. Take him. All right. Fine. I'm taking him. Mavs. Yeah, I mean, bro. come on. Mavs You're going to show six. up to the big dick club. I mean, come on. Let's do it. Like, take the Mavs. Mavs in six, bro. Like, Mavs who, in who, six. Who who, who on Golden State is going to guard Luka? Well, that's, I mean, that is a good question, but the answer is Draymond. It's the only answer you have. Clay's not going to guard him. Do you, do Clay's think, like three or four inches shorter than I'm, him. I'm talking about who is going to successfully guard him. Nobody. Draymond Nobody can successfully, successfully guard him. Nobody. Nobody in the game can successfully guard him. Nobody in the game can successfully guard Jason Tatum. Nobody can guard Giannis. Nobody can guard LeBron. Nobody can guard KD. He's another one of those guys. You cannot guard him. Yeah, but at least Draymond would kind of hold him back one-on-one. Like, you won't have to double him as much. So they at least have that that going for him. I don't know what you're talking about where no one could guard KD when Boston literally (laughs) swept them. And KD probably didn't do anything until game four. So I, I don't know where this I'm talking is about. Is Katie wow. not a top five player to you? Wow. Okay. Let's start with Ben Simmons. First of all, <laughs> let's start with the fact that we're talking about team versus team. And you're saying this one player didn't play well enough when they made an empty trade in the middle of the season, they got Seth Curry for James Harden. That's what they got. What? So Ben hey, Simmons, first Kevin of all, Durant that has Kyrie Irving. Yes, we are. And who else? Can you name another player on their team? Oh, I know you can. Bruce, you have your favorite Bruce boy Brown. on there. There you go, um, Bruce Brown, number three. Andre Drummond. Andre uh, Drummond, Curry. let's go. Detroit perennial all-star in the 2010-2011 season. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Andre Drummond, who are you going to say next? Blake Griffin? What did he win the dunk contest in, 2008? I said <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge, didn't he quit last year because of like a heart thing or something? But who has Kyrie Irving, bro? Who has Kyrie Irving as their number two? <laughs> You're right. Who does have Kyrie? KD. 
That's right. But you're saying this man's unguardable. You give Luca. He a is unguardable. Cutting. I don't understand what his teammate has to do with the fact that he's unguardable. I'm just he's telling you, he got swept and he, and he didn't do 40. anything. Therefore, he is guardable. He's, pull up his stats. Tell him he didn't do anything. Come on. We're all tired of this because you get you lose or you get swept. You didn't do anything, bro. We were under this deception that the Suns had it also just as good as they were offensively. They were just as good defensively with Mikhail Bridges, who was the runner up and defensive player of the year. Yeah, Jay Crowder and yeah, coming off the bench, Cam Johnson, whatever. Every one of them took their turn getting smoked. He said, "Oh, you want the smoke? All right, here we go. Boom, crossover. You're on your 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 ankles are broken. Three, bang. It's just." DeAndre Aiden, you want they started putting DeAndre Aiden yeah. on Luca. I did not understand it. I didn't understand it because every time Luca was just like, you know, like James Harden. DeAndre used to say, Aiden looked like chicken. he didn't want to be there. To be honest, he didn't even look like he wanted to play. He was done. It's like bad attitude out of the young guy. Yeah, um, but my main thing is I I, I don't want to see Golden State in the finals again. So Mavs. So I was upset that the Suns did this, but I am fully on board on the Luca Express because that is that is the guy. That is a dude right there. And the thing the thing I really love about him too is because it's like he's still he's that shit talker, but he actually mm. backs it up. He's not a front runner. He's a shit talker and he's gonna keep talking shit and he's always gonna back it up. All of it. Kind of like me. <laughs> Except you're, I don't... you're you're total 180 from five four or five days ago, like a total 180. That's how much changes, bro. A shit I, shit talker who backs light. it up, <laughs> top five player in the I've, league, I've, I've gonna my, beat the my, Warriors. My, I've had my goggles, my sun goggles on, and like it's crazy. Everything just changed. Come on, how did how does how does he not take this huge leap? No one expected the Mavs to win the series. No one. No. Nobody. No one. And he did it. And not only that, humiliated them in game seven. Everything he's been saying, all these little comments he's been throwing on the court throughout these games, finally manifested itself. And he spent that whole game seven smiling. Like, I will never forget that picture they got of him smiling at Booker when he's, like, standing next to them. That is some G Nick Nick Wright's new profile picture. That that shit was so savage. I watched them I mean, this morning, it. and Nick had predicted this. Apparently, Nick had predicted the Mavs winning. Nick Wright, and he just, I mean, laid in the sun and took it all in. He was so happy. What was that? Am what'd you say? Oh, the memes were great. The memes were amazing. Did you see uh, what uh, Mark Cuban had had uh, posted? No, I heard like it, my dad oh, sent me a text. He goes, "Mark Cuban, ugh." And I heard some other things like, "What did, did was it the little Wayne thing?" Yeah, like I'm what it is up. it again? He has bars. What is it? It's a shit show. Put you on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about little with Wayne the, with the picture of little Wayne in the front row. Yep, dude. Uh, and then uh, top owner. Make matters worse. I mean, like I said, credit credit to the Mavericks. I mean. I hope they finally this is the kind of momentum role they need to go on to have a successful Western Conference Finals, uh, especially because like people uh, Jalen Brunson has been balling out 
the whole playoffs. He's yeah. been doing his thing. Dinwiddie was kind of like the X factor because he's been kind of he was slow to start off the the series, but these past couple games, two or three games, has finally been the Spencer Dinwiddie we know. Mm. Um, especially game seven, it it was freaking ridiculous. I was just watching it like it was like one of those. It's kind of like I was watching. Was, I'm not trying to compare it, but to the way when Steph Curry is on a roll and like he shoots a three and you just know it's going in when he shoots yeah. it. Yeah. Like you're just like bucket. Like old James, yeah. But. I was like, this is Spencer Dinwiddie, and he's, like, pulling up a shot, and I'm expecting him to make it. Like, every, once it leaves his hand, I'm like, oh, swish, swish. It was it was weird, but, um, yeah, if those guys keep rolling, playing defense. I think um, going to the X's and O's, I think Jason Kidd, genius. The main thing that turned this whole series around was him just constantly attacking CP3. Seeking out CP3 and attacking him, giving him no break. CP3 had no breaks. <laughs> None whatsoever. And um, I I don't know if I totally agree, but Pat Beverly, when he was wilding out on ESPN earlier, said that Monty should have benched Chris Paul once as soon as they started doing that. And hindsight's always 20-20, you know what I mean? We're always going to know... Looking back at it now, yeah, like, yeah, maybe he should have benched him or whatever. But in the moment, you, you just can't, you, you don't really know that. Um, but the fact that they picked out CP3 and just ran every play to get him as the main on-ball defender, it, it was crazy to me because I always considered uh, Chris Paul one of the best, one of the best defenders we have in the league. At, for his position and after the series i was like huh what was i thinking because <laughs> he, he couldn't do anything and then obviously that translates over to the offensive side he's too tired to do anything he just got ran on the defensive side he's just running back and forth and it's just 37 now you know not not everybody's lebron james bro you they just no. can't run like that at 37 years old yeah and I think that was one of the main, like, strategic, just the main factor of this uh, series turning around is Jason Kidd just doing that. Jose Alvarado is one that ruined Chris Paul's chances at winning another ring. Don't you forget the name Jose Alvarado, the man who taught us if you pick up Chris Paul at 94 feet, Entire amount that he is way, way less effective than he usually is. Jose fucking Alvarado taught us that. How wild is that? Yeah. He's the one who taught us. He's the one who did it all last series. And they and it showed if you're able to slow him down entire amount, he is 36 at the time, 37 now. It's it's hard. It is hard. And you're giving a lot of credit to the Mavericks and you should like, they deserve it. And I applaud you for manning up, you know, came in here with this BD and acting like this and that, and you pick the Mavericks to win it, to win it, not all, but win the next series props to you. Mavs and six. That's, that's impressive. I, I would never ever take that pick, but teach their own. The Suns blew this series, man. This is 
this is a series where DeAndre Ayton was abysmal. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. They n- looked nothing like... I mean, let's run through some of the statistics. I sent you some things yesterday, David, on Instagram, just so I could remember, because they were so my, they were so crazy. I couldn't believe it. First, the, the one that everybody knows, Luka Doncic in the first half had 27 points alone, and their whole team had 27. Crazy stat. At one point, they were down 85 to 47. This is not the Suns team that we saw, dude. This is like, I want to give as much credit as I can to the Mavericks, but you also have to taper it with the fact that this Suns team, for whatever reason, is just was way different than they were in the first two games of this series, last series, and all of the regular season. I don't know what happened. But it was funny. They talked about Chris Paul turning 37 after game two, and all of a sudden he's playing like a 37-year-old. I don't know if it's Devin Booker needs to take over more or what. What do you have? Because that's when that's when Jason Kidd in, did, started doing game three and on, which is what they're talking about after he turned 37. That's when Jason Kidd started targeting him on the defensive end. And that's when that started happening. So, I mean, that's why you can't really say, like you just said, Games one and two, and the series before, and the regular season before that, they've been pretty great. And that's why you can't... This is not just a one-game thing. This is, this is a starting from game three on, four games, right? Or five. It's five games. I'm tripping. Um, five games of, for the most part, I mean, the Mavs lost one game, other than that, they beat the Suns convincingly. Yeah. When they won. Definitely. And so it's just I don't yes, part of it of the part of the forty point blowout was just like off days. Just like they just had the worst timing. They picked the worst day to have their off day. But at the same time, everything that the Mavs have done up until this point it led to to essentially the sun's demise it it it's not just oh they had an off day they they didn't have three four straight off days like no it's the mavericks came up with a great game plan yeah luka and jalen brunson and dinwiddie and all those guys stepped up their game to another level and probably it, it was probably the sun's fault maybe if they didn't talk so much shit you know there wouldn't have been this fire burning under Doncic's ass because after that that um when that clip went around with uh booker knocking the ball out of Doncic's hands you know what i'm talking about where Doncic yeah calls him yeah and, and they say that was like yeah. the turn of the series or whatever yeah i i i mean i think at first it started with the the little oh this is the luca special the little thing where he devin booker was on the ground and stuff and the more I see, looking back at it, this whole series, how it played out, God, the Suns are, are such front runners. Jesus, man. They are the most, like, they were, like, smirking, talking all this mess. And I think it comes from CP3. I mean, I love me some CP3. I think he's a great player, but it, it's just a matter of, like, the Suns are, were front runners. I was listening to Draymond the other day 
from a few months ago on JJ Reddick's podcast talking about back in 2015, the Clippers, when the Warriors beat the Clippers, one of the things that helped the Warriors was recognizing the Clippers are just front runners. That's all they are. But when it goes to digging down and getting, getting down and dirty and digging deep to come back from a series or a game or anything, they didn't have it in them. And I was like, is it a coincidence that that team had Chris Paul as well? And we're saying, but you also have the statistic, you have the statistic floating out there that every team Chris Paul has joined has dramatically improved. So is it the Peyton Manning deal where like automatically regular regular season? season wise, they're amazing. Is that what it is? Or is it, the fact that Devin Booker was the one that was making all those comments, making fun of Luca. And Devin Booker had some poor games in this series. DeAndre Ayton had some poor games in this series. I mean, the game plan for the Mavericks was much, 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 much better than the Suns for sure. And I agree with you that they are front runners. I just think we're taking a little bit of blame away from the Suns by just saying simply they the Mavs just wanted it more. That's they just wanted it more. Jay, you can't tell me that Jalen Brunson didn't want it more than basically anybody on the Suns team. Like that fucker wanted to win. Chris Paul, it almost feels like I agree with you in a way where it's like, I could go either way, like whatever. And when they start picking him up, that's that's exhausting, man. Like they're just beating on him. So I I could agree with you in a sense, but there's a lot of stats to prove that Chris Paul is the reason a lot of teams win. In the regular season, which is why he doesn't. In the regular season, yes. But, um, yeah, it's 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 it goes. I just want to make sure it's. I think it's a a healthy amount of both. Mm -hmm. The Mavericks just. I don't want to take away from the Mavericks because they did win that series. It's a it's a best of seven series for a reason, and the best team is going to make it out. And they, for those, and ultimately. They showed they are the best team, the better team out of them in the Suns. Um, the Suns, had just, I, I don't, I, they just collapsed. Um, they didn't collapsed. want it, dude. They, they, I don't know if they got too big headed. They were too, they were thinking they were the shit, essentially, the lack of yeah. better term. Um, I don't know if, I know Monty is a great coach. Did he not? make enough of the proper adjustments when the Mavs were making their adjustments. Um, is, is the, could there have been more of that on Monty's side as well? Um, it's just a lot of questions, you know, and then we go back to the DeAndre Aiden thing. Apparently he got word is it's cause he gave up. He was quitting on the team essentially, yeah. so, and Monty saw that. And so they got into it, whatever. So, I mean, that's a different kind of thing to deal with because he is, his contract is coming up. So, and I believe Booker will be coming up either in you know what you do? next year. DeAndre Ayton, ship him to Minnesota and take Cat. That's what you do. That's the swap you're talking about where Cat needs to leave Minnesota, you swap him. If the Suns are for real trying to win, no. <laughs> I understand, but be... well, it should be. It's a battle of who wants it less. It's, does Carl Anthony Towns want it less, or does DeAndre Ayton want it less? Who knows? Well, well, but I know for sure Devin Booker probably. 
give a shit either way at this point. I mean, come on. <laughs> it just, but it, it almost like when you, when I think back, and I haven't recently watched the last finals, but think about this. We witnessed in this series a great player in Luka Doncic will his team to victory over a better team. Like the Suns team, when you look at it on paper, is a better team than the Mavericks. But Luka willed their way to win. You go back to the last finals, Giannis willed that team to win. Now, Chris was there and and other players. Brooke Lopez was a monster last year. But it's another similar situation that it's just Giannis wanted it more. And he just pushed them. And you know these guys. Like, I've seen LeBron, and you've seen LeBron do this so many times where they just he just wants it more, and he's just going to push it as just far as he can go until they win. I, I don't know if I, in the finals, I don't know if I want to say that Giannis wanted it more. Because, I mean, you got to understand that was the first final CP3 has been to. I mean, how how can there be anybody that wanted it more than CP3? You know what I mean? Um, I feel like if you wanted it more in that sense, if we were to gauge it, we would have seen it this year. It wouldn't have died last year. It would have been, and there was even the quote that was like, "He's addicted to getting to the finals." I don't know if I'm getting ball sack sports right now. Am I getting ball sacked? Is that what it is? Okay. You think about the tweet? Is it ball sack that got me? Because I read that, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" But regardless, think, the point I think still he stands. Said that. Okay, well, if yeah. it did or didn't, the point still stands. Like he wants to get back to the finals, but we don't see it. Like, come on. Yeah, but, but whenever we talk about, like, they wanted it more, it's more like, because, I mean, we're not talking to them and, like, hey, how much do you want in a scale of 1 to 10? Like, they're going to tell you, like, 10. It was more like an effort level. Like, Giannis yeah, like was, like, hustling both. Yeah, dude. he wasn't doing that shit this game or this series, dude. Because His effort because level wasn't there. They wore him down, bro. He can't. He yeah. can't he's too old to be doing that. Like, Okay, I want to say this, though, because you're going to love this. How many times have we said that about LeBron? Now, I know CP3 isn't LeBron, but if you're going to be one of the greats, the point God, you don't get worn down by Jalen Brunson or the Mavericks. Right. You don't get worn down by these players. Like, you think LeBron James, when he played with Cleveland and Kyle Korver and Kevin Love was injured, all those fuckers, you think he got war- worn down by the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. But did he push through? Yeah. <laughs> so... At a certain point, we have to just call it how it is and say, you had the better team. Yeah, I mean, just every Luca was the best player on the court, but position by position, I think they had a better team. So you look at it that way, it's like, what do you have to show for yourself? Like, what what excuse do you have? And of course, we saw the injury come out, which Pat Bev went wild about and said, like, you know, wait till we see an injury or whatever. He tweeted that or. What do you what do you think about Pat Bev this morning wilding out on ESPN all, all, for like four hours straight? I didn't watch all of it. I did see him call Chris Paul a traffic cone or a parking cone. I did see that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I that my issue with like commenting on that is I don't know Chris Paul's game as well as Pat Bev does because maybe very, he very well could be an easy player to get past. I don't know. I've never tried. So Pat Bev has actually tried. Uh, is Pat Bev a little bit dramatic? Absolutely. I mean, the man jumped on a table after winning a play-in game and ripped off his jersey and pounded on his chest, and they won a play-in game. It wasn't even the playoffs. 
So he's a little dramatic, but I love that about him. Did you see uh, when Matt Barnes checked him? No, I didn't. Mm. Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes, in the most ESPN and polite way, said, "Sir, you ain't shit to be talking about anybody. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you nobody. Thank you. Have a great day." In the most like polite, just it's funny because Matt Barnes, you know, we we know Matt Barnes' his history. He could be kind of like wild and he was just so calm and well-mannered and polite it, it, it was it was crazy but yeah and he was like somebody i just wanted to say that because somebody had to check pat bev and i kind of understood where he was coming from because pat bev was i felt like i watched a majority i didn't watch all of it but i felt like i watched a majority of the things he had to say and whatnot and some of the stuff he was saying about CP was just uncalled for. Um, sharing what him and Paul George said privately to each other, like the night before the game seven or the night of the game seven of like um, nobody's scared of the Suns or what, just stuff like that. That really, it's you're not there giving like anything insightful in the X's and O's or anything. You're kind of just to a certain point you you start bat dude. He was bashing at CP three, bro. Okay. But was, let's be honest that every single person on that platform, that's all they do. That's yeah, why I stopped I, watching it is because there's no X's and O's. When was the last time you heard Stephen a, a go through the X's and O's? He's a player though. He like JJ. That's why I enjoy watching JJ Reddick. Cause JJ Reddick, everything he says, JJ Reddick. I agree with you. I, I know what you're saying. I agree with you. JJ Redick and Pat Bev. No, like JJ Redick is an analytical, smart, well thought through, well spoken individual. Pat Bev could very well be all those things, but he's also very dramatic and he loves to just say shit to get other people's skin. That's what he it's. That's his game. It's like Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson was similar. He's not so much anymore. You brought up Matt Barnes, but it's come on, JJ analytical. I don't expect Pat Bev to be analytical. Thing is, it's just, it's just you're you're a player. Like there's just lines when you go on the media on ESPN like that. Like if Stephen A were to go out and do that, like you would understand. He's media. He's trying he's trying to cash yeah. in tickets. He's trying to sell tickets. Pat Bev is you. There's there's just a certain line because ultimately at the end of the day, y'all are all players and y'all kind of abide by the same code when it comes to what you say out in the media and stuff like that that's why a lot of people respect shannon sharp and skip bayless's show because shannon sharp is a former player he knows the line of what to say what to say in the media like when he's on his show without crossing that line of like bro you you were one of us you're 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 a former player too like why are you saying stuff like that when you knew as a player yourself that kind of stuff bothered you and it it wasn't right it wasn't correct it wasn't factual and so i think that's that that's where with me i kind of felt about that i was like okay you know he said what he had to say and it was probably all true but i just felt like in that platform you know it, it just after a certain amount of time just bashing cp3 over those four or five hours he was on espn it's kind of like all right dude and then to go turn around and say James Harden should get the super duper max, whatever is above super max. He should get that. And I'm just like, oh, dude, come on, man. You can't just like bash Chris. Do, do you think they did a disservice though? 
Because like you say, like Shannon Sharp, he does the code, right? He, he he abides by the code. So whenever he talks bad about somebody, or he doesn't really do it like talking bad, like he'll tell you this person had a bad game, and he'll tell you why. Pat Beverly didn't do none of that. He was just bashing them, bashing them, and then the, the James Harden thing, dude. He was just like he just put him on the pedestal and like really didn't say why. I feel like that kind of goes against like the player player talking about player code. Yeah, because it just feels like it just a, it does a disservice, dude. Like he really had no, he was just talking for four hours and there was no substance to it. Yeah, it was literally like, oh, the league ain't scared of CP three, like, oh, this like stuff like that. That's like what what okay and like you know, yeah, nobody's gonna be if no one's scared of him, then cool, so be it. But he's still a great overall throughout his career. When you look back in his career. He's a great point guard. And that's what Matt Barnes said. Matt Barnes said, Pat Bev, when you when you retire, no one's going to be talking about you. You're just going to go. CP3, we're actually going to look back on his career and, you know, recognize some of these things he's done. And he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. He had his worst year this year, and his stats are still better, 10 times better than yours will ever be on your best year. So it's like, I think that's one of the main things, too, is that it's different. It's just a different level if Kevin Durant got on there and said, you know, CP3, no one's scared of him. Like, saying stuff like that, it's, a diff- it's different. KD, he's a champion. He's an MVP. Like, he, he, has, he has credibility to him. Pat Bev doesn't. And honestly, yeah, but even like, like if, if you see, like, uh, Kevin Durant talk on podcasts about players, he tells you, like, this player's really good at this. You know, he may have this weakness. He talks about the X's and O's. He's not just going to be like, oh, even like after the whole James Harden thing, he was just like, James Harden is a great ISO player. He's great. He, he could get space. He's a great shooter. Somebody like at that caliber is still, still not going to do that, even if, if he has the, just like the credibility to be like, nah, that player's ass. Yeah. This is all and assuming it- that Pat Bev actually cares what anybody thinks. No, he don't. According to my like stories I heard, in the day when we had him. Apparently, he used to play over in Russia and they would throw coins at him when he played. And you'd have to fact check me on that. But this was the story I heard when we first got him. Is like, this is a tough MF. He used to play over in Russia and they'd throw shit at him while he played. So I, I think this is just, quite frankly, a, a situation that he doesn't care. And that's just point blank. Matt Barnes would go on there and say what he said to him and shut him down and all that. Pat Bev just does not care. And that's what I respect about him is there's a lot of people that care in this world and he's just one that just really doesn't. So does, whether it be of does, substance but, or but uh, it's hard to say that when you could tell there's so many feelings into his comments about CP3. You could tell he has like this like this uh I really don't like that guy. Like it's so it's hard to say he doesn't care when everything he spit out about cp3 was feelings like he doesn't like this guy so he bashed him okay so we're gonna get semantics here so i'll try and dodge it but the term doesn't care don't care is so subjective that it's i'm saying it in a way that pat bev doesn't lose sleep overnight by making a comment about another player that might be off-putting Oh, no, no, he, he's not. But that's I mean, what I mean. He is I mean, emotionally driven in his comments, but I don't believe he bats an eye after the fact if he insults somebody. He'll like, I'm sure he calls him his own shit, but like, he's just kind of like, whatever about it. Like, you know, sorry, 
you know, that kind of thing. And then, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then ESPN, they knew what they were doing. They knew oh, exactly yeah, dude, they're, they're, they're hunting for clips. They knew what they were selling. They knew what they were yeah. doing. And it was just like, it was one of those things. It was, I felt bad for in the moment I was entertained by it. But later looking back at it, I was like, this is the, this isn't the kind of stuff that needs to be like put out there, especially when, you know, God, it sounds like you're talking about porn <laughs> in the moment you were into it. Looking back on you thinking it shouldn't be out there. <laughs> it, just, it just, it just it wasn't necessary. I mean, the, it, there's just the way he was bashing the uh, bash. He, he didn't even bash the sons. The thing is, if he bashed the sons as a whole, different story it's like they choke no it's straight cp3 cp3 like cp3 this cp3 that christopher this and you know it is what it is but i mean Devin booker had a last last five games uh a negative plus minus last five games he had four out of five games negative plus minus so i mean really everybody's talking about cp3 but there's other pieces that you should look at like deandre Ayton is another one but fun fact for you four of past last five games Moving on to the other uh, game seven, um, Celtics versus the Bucks. Um, Let me tell you something. Jason Tatum cemented himself as a top two player in this league, David. That's what you sound like. No, but Jason Tatum did go bonkers. Jason Tatum is great. He is a super. He is so good. He's so good. I mean, can you believe he was he was taken after Lonzo? I think he's taken he's number not, three. Not, Lonzo is taken number two. <laughs> he's not on that Luca level, but he's pretty damn good. Um, anywho, uh, mm-hmm. that the series, there's some key takeaways, at least for me. One, um, that last game in the season, that. Budenholzer decided to sit out his starters, whereas Boston played their starters to get that number two seed. That's going to be talked about for a while because I bet that's going to change a lot of these fringe like seeding last last games of the regular season. I bet they're going to start playing their starters now because that was a huge, huge factor in this because it's just a big difference, I believe, on how this game seven goes because TD Garden was nuts nuts um that was one two chris middleton far beyond like he he was much more needed much needed and he has a lot he has proven his value to this team Mm -hmm. from being out these past two uh series um two-time all-star so three-time actually yeah yeah but i mean i I felt like i felt like people were kind of like oh chris middleton you know he Good player star, but like you know, they'll 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 hang on without him. Like they can hang on without him and wait till he comes back. When in actuality, it's like, nah, he's. We need him to move on. Like there's no, if ands buts. Um. I think uh, JJ Reddick mentioned this earlier too that I didn't really think of. He said he believes. Uh, a key was them not the bucks not re-signing pj tucker especially in this specific series because he said drew holiday had to take on because you got to understand their lineup they're playing uh holiday matthews uh Giannis. well no holiday matthews 
and then usually sometimes they'll do Giannis, uh, Portis, and Lo- yeah. Lopez. But essentially, you see most of the game you saw when Lopez was in, he was on a perimeter player like Grant Williams or something like that. And it's just he was explaining how they didn't have that PJ Tucker that can guard all those positions, like just dynamic defensively. He could guard big guys, small guys, wing players, that kind of that kind of dude. And I was like, kind of opened my eyes. I was like, dang, I didn't even think I forgot PJ Tucker was even with the Bucks last year when they won the won the finals. I just assumed he'd been with the Heat this whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, uh, three pointers. Uh, whew, dog, dog. It would. I don't know if y'all actually watched that game. Yeah, full through, and I was like, dude, yeah. is this shooting practice, bro? Because this is like they didn't even try to close out or anything. It was just like they would do a screen pick and pop, and it would just be like, oh, he's wide open. All right, let him shoot it. And I don't know if they took the the. You know, they always say, you know, if you're game planning against Jason Tatum, it's like. Do everything you can to shut Jason Tatum down. If Grant Williams beats us, we'll live with it. They might have taken that too much to heart because Grant Williams <laughs> made a lot of threes. He shot 18 <laughs> of them. <laughs> he, made, he made a lot of threes. 18 attempts from the three-point line made seven of them. Freaking wild. <laughs> Home court makes oh, that man. difference, dude. Like you were saying, that's role players play better at home. That's that's him. That's right there. They when they say that stat, you think Grant Williams making seven out of eighteen. The fact that he took eighteen is insane, but he made seven, which is pretty. Eh. What did y'all think of the officiating for a stretch where literally every time Milwaukee came down court, <laughs> boom, offensive foul. <laughs> I forget, it was the same guy calling every foul too. It's like boom, offensive foul. Somebody falls on the floor boom offensive foul like i was just like oh god dude there's something this year that i don't know what it is but the refs are worse this year like and i and i and i say that not in a because i don't have a team i don't have a dog in this fight just watching the games i feel like the refs have had more of a noticeable impact this year than they have at least in my memory maybe they've been the same maybe it's the same amount of calls and i'm just not used to it i guess i don't know but it just felt like there was a lot of like tit for tat kind of calls going on this, especially in the, not this round, but the round before early this round too, actually. Yeah. Dude. I remember before the playoffs started, I said on here, like, Oh, they don't really call fouls in the playoffs. And I feel like for this playoffs, like, Oh, it's crazy. It's been a lot of fouls. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With all due respect. With all due respect. (laughs) What did I learn from the Boston-Milwaukee series? I learned Giannis is the best player in the world. To take the this Boston team is, is I didn't give them enough credit. They're really, really good. Really, really good. Marcus Smart is really good. Jalen Brown is really good. Al Horford apparently is good again. You got... Williams coming off making threes. I mean, they've got a good team. For how young they are, they have so much playoff experience. So much. Yeah. Yeah. They so what did I learn? I learned number one that this boss 
Boston team is really good. I I, I almost have a Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. I feel like Miami is another one that's. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, this team is better than I feel like they are. But Boston is like that that like star power, you know, flash off the paper kind of kind of team that I look. I'm like, oh, they're sparkly. I like that. So I'll pick them. But Miami, I just truly have no idea. That's how I felt about this series, though. As I looked at, I go, Milwaukee, man. Milwaukee won it last year. They've got the best player in the world. You know, the Chris Middleton thing I factored in, but I didn't I didn't think it was going to be too much to overcome. I thought there was going to be some pieces of Brooke Lopez, of Bobby Portis. So, like, enough, get you 10 here, 15 here, 10 here, and it would fill the gap that is Chris Middleton. But I think you put it beautifully, and I'll just leave it to what you said, which is, you know, he is... He proved his worth. He proved his value. He is he is very much a needed piece on this team. Uh, that is not to say that Giannis is not the best player in the world. To take this Boston Celtics team to seven games, and although the seventh game didn't go the way that it should have gone, it's still pretty pretty damn impressive what he did. The last two games of the series, putting up 20 rebounds per game, 44 and 25 points. I mean, if putting the team on your back was a person that's Giannis. He's not only big enough to probably carry every single one of his teammates at one time, but he also statistically looked like he did it too. I mean, for fuck's sake, 44, 20 and nine. I don't think I've ever seen a stat line like that. I mean, that, that that's a Shaquille O'Neal stat line. That's what that is. You're watching the MLB TV, head ass. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was setting, I was setting a uh, throw a strike. <laughs> Five came on, so I was setting uh, my little four screen. Um, but I hate to make this about my boy again, but I'm glad like people on the Twitterverse were realizing this. Oh yeah, it is not that easy to go back to the finals, bruh. It is no. not, and and it's funny because I, I I see it already playing out. All right, so obviously Jordan did what he did, going undefeated in the finals, right, six and zero, and so that had a lot to do with people's perception of LeBron because he was at his time, you know, the great for a long time, the greatest player in the NBA. And so that put this perception on, Oh, if he's going to really be that great, he needs to go undefeated in the finals like MJ. Cause right now MJ's the goat when in actuality, it's like, you know how hard that is to do. But now it's starting. Now that LeBron is maybe, maybe on the tail end of his career, maybe seriously, <laughs> people are starting to like. Now it, it's going to be the next person's burden, I guess you could say, the Giannis's, the Lucas, and whatnot. Because now LeBron set the precedent that, oh, if you're the best player, you should be going to the finals eight eight years in a row. Like all the, you should be going to the finals all the time. When in actuality, it's like. No, it's not that easy. Just like for LeBron, it wasn't easy to try to attempt to go undefeated in the finals like Michael Jordan did. Realistically, it's just not going to happen. This year was so important for Giannis to make it back to the finals because part of the reason why LeBron made it every year is not only because he's, I mean, probably... You know, I'm just going to keep throwing probably in front of it, but probably the greatest basketball player to ever walk the earth, probably. But also because 
when you step on a court with LeBron, like that, like that Hawks team with Kyle Korver, or like any of the other teams that you want to mention in the East that would compete with him regularly, it compete, quote unquote, compete. <laughs> they were scared of him. They did not know how to beat him. Seriously, nobody knew how to beat LeBron James. And Giannis, it was so crucial this year they make it back because he can start to establish that sort of identity amongst the East in the fact that you can't beat me. Nobody can beat me. I'm the best. And that's what LeBron built not only in the league, but also in the media and in the general population. Is If LeBron was in the playoffs this year, what is so wild is you will hear professional commentators, professional analysts of the NBA for 40 years say, I'm not, I mean, I'm not betting against him. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter who he's on, who's on his team. It's like, you are, you just know when he steps on the court, he has the potential any given night to be better than anybody else on the court because they just, he just inflicted on him. That's like, he's like a God walking on the court. So that, that's a huge miss by Giannis this year is being able to start that sort of, you can't beat me, I'm the Eastern champion kind of feel like LeBron did. Because I agree with you that he made it look so easy every year. And it'll be almost impossible. I mean, somebody who's way more into basketball than I am will go team by team, player by player, and see which teams are harder, which teams are better, or whatever. But we can honestly say that, you know, it's picked up in the East talent-wise, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that it is damn near impossible to do what he did for nine years in a row. Nine years, I think, right? Nine he went. Eight. I think it was eight. Eight. Eight years in a row. Okay. Well, it's eight yeah. years in a row. Jeez. Still, <laughs> it's like just my like, entire high school and college career, he was in the finals every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's not. It, these guys couldn't even, even get close to back to back. You know, like going to back to back finals. But, I mean, I think it's just. I feel like that's how time going forward. That's just how it's gonna be. If Giannis is the next like reigning great player the greatest player in the nba for the next seven years or so that's going to be his burden oh you can't even make it to back-to-back nba finals like lebron did just like lebron had to deal with oh you lost in the finals mj never did and it's just one of those things which i mean side note why tom brady's so great because nobody nobody's ever going to compare him to anybody he just said himself like so far away from everybody else it's it's ridiculous but yeah it, it, it the bucks and celtics the, the celtics celtics were the better team in my opinion um i called it on the last episode kind of thought for a second that i was like man i probably messed that one up too you know bucks gonna come out here and just whoop ass but ultimately it came down to the three-pointer and yeah Bucks do not have anybody that could shoot the three efficiently, effectively, like the Celtics do. And it does not help that the Bucks give up the most three-pointers in the NBA. Um, I think that essentially is what happened in that Game 7. When you let Grant Williams go for, I think he had 30, what, he had 30 or something? Like, it was just, can't let him go for can't let Grant Williams score that much. And then um, Al Horford, I don't know what it is with Al Horford. He's only good on the Celtics. He's only really, really good on the Celtics. Um, not to discredit like his Atlanta Hawks days or anything, but um, 
it, it's it's a crazy basketball is crazy now, bro. It's not like it was a few years ago with these stacked teams and whatnot. Uh, and I love it. I love the. I do too. Let me ask you this because you know we're we're coming up on the end here. Uh, I, Giannis is the best player in the league. I think we can all agree with that right now. I mean, nobody is most likely better than he is. The fact that he started developing an outside shot is terrifying. Watching Jason Tatum this last series, specifically in Game 7, and then going forward, how, how many how many games away are, away are we from thinking that he's the best player? Because Jason Tatum is... I, I mean, he's got it. He's got it all. He's got all the tangibles. He's got the shot. He's got the size. He plays for the right team. I mean, he's just he's got everything you need to be that guy. How what does he need to do to to get to that? He needs to win a championship this year. Obviously, that would be the first step. But then I think after that, it kind of opens the door for like I get almost like like a Kobe vibe from him almost in a way, like a Kobe in a, in a Celtics uniform. Is that crazy? Am I crazy for thinking that way? He did practice with him for a while. That's yeah. that's the other reason is he's he's just kind of got that aura about him. I don't know. When I watch him, I think of Kobe. It's weird. Yeah. Um <clears throat> it just occurred to me when you said that what you just said, and um we need and I'm talking about NBA, the Adam Silver get on it. We need the Celtics versus Mavs in the finals. <laughs> that's what we need because uh, we need we need Luca versus Tatum and we need to see can Luca do the best this young gun? <laughs> can, can Luca do this thing where he's just juking up everybody crossing everybody up giving everybody the business if he could do that against Tatum and vice versa we need it it's it is yep I know what I'm rooting for I am now know what I'm rooting for in this conference finals. I'm rooting for good matchups. I I've got a feeling, you know, it's going to be a three point competition in the Mavs and Warriors matchup. Whoever makes more, whoever stops them, whoever gets more offensive rebounds, whoever makes more threes. That's what it's going to be. That's all it is. I feel like though, the Miami Celtics series is going to be interesting because the Celtics just kind of push past a team and you get almost the feeling as, as well from them of like wanting it more. But Jimmy Butler made a career has made a career on hustling and just like visibly wanting it more. So when we talk about that desire, that's going to be a really interesting conversation for the heat and Celtics, because I, I don't know. I have to do my research before even really making any comments on it, but that is somebody who's made their career. And then we've been talking about wanting it. I think that's that's going to be my favorite series to watch. The I don't know, man. Recently, it's just been it's been like it's a three point competition in every single game, and it just bothers me. It's not it's not fundamental good basketball. There's no pick and rolls. There's no like inside feeds. That is part of the reason I miss LeBron is because LeBron is not a three point competition guy. He's a facilitator. He does these magical things that get other people the ball and create these great plays. Recently, I, and I can tell you right now, pick the over for whatever the amount of three pointers attempted is in the Warriors and, and Mavs series. Pick the over. Doesn't it could be fifteen thousand. Pick the over. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing. You're not doing way. it. Because then that's then then everybody wants to make free throws, <laughs> free throws and layups. 
Everyone wants oh, to make you won't make a pick. But I think it might have to also be due to the defense that is being played. Um, to yeah. A certain extent. Yeah. The rules in the game. Yeah. Um, damn. I really had some like decently good to say and just totally fucking whiffed. That means we're you're out of good things to say and we should sign off. That's what that means. Man, it was really it was really it's a really good point. But I, I guess maybe it'll pop Unfortunately, up. Unfortunately it's time. gonna get lost. I want your opinion on one thing and one thing before we hop off. Different sport football. Oh Drew wait, Brees. wait, 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 I got it. I got oh, it. Oh, here it is. Fuck I got no. it. I wanted to ask you a question. Simple question. Is Jimmy Butler underrated? By who? The media? Or by just the general foot basketball fan? Because the answer is yes to both. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the general fan, you you ask them, like, who is Jimmy Butler? And it's like, it, it, they, he's come a long way since the bubble. He's come a long way since the bubble. When he made it, but then again, if you don't remember this, the NBA, through their Black Lives Matter movement and other movements, alienated a large portion of their audience that were viewing the NBA regularly. So that season, in a sense, was almost kind of not watched, at, or not kind of, was not watched as much as other ones. So Jimmy was at the butt end of that. However, I, I do think he is underrated by the general fan and the media um, because... It, I don't know. I, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is maybe because he does so much better in the playoffs that in the regular season, like he's just kind of one of the he's he's an all star. He's like, you know, an upgraded version of Chris Middleton. But when he reaches the playoffs, it's like he's he's a wait. Is that come on? Is that bad? I mean, upgraded version of Chris Middleton. I mean, what else do you got for, for Jimmy? I don't know. I want to hear what Alejandro because he was shaking his head, disagreeing. No, nah, it's because it's that's one of those questions that like you ask somebody to see how much basketball they watch. You're like, hey, is Jimmy Butler, is he a dog? And you'd be like, hell yeah, he's a fucking dog. You're like, yeah, okay, he watches basketball. Because, dude, every, you, see, you see a Jimmy Butler game, and you're like, that motherfucker's a dog, bro. Yeah. That's Jimmy but Buckets, bro. Yeah, it's Jimmy opinion, Buckets. In my humble opinion, and I know we just had this conversation not too long ago. In my opinion, I think he's a superstar. But he's, so, he's probably the most low-key superstar there is because he goes out. And he does he does it all. It's been like like you said, Alex, in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs, he does everything. And he's not he's not that guy to you know just take take some take some possessions off or anything like that. He's doing yeah. everything he can, and he 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 can do it all. If you leave him open to shoot the three, he'll shoot. He's gonna shoot the three and probably make it most of the time. And if a clutch shot needs to be made. He'll make it. I mean, geez, let's not forget that amazing finals game him and LeBron had just going back and forth with each other. It was one of the greatest things I've, I've just one of the greatest, like just competitions I've ever seen. Um, but I, I feel like he doesn't really get the credit he deserves. But at the same time, I feel like it's because of the way he plays. Cause he plays the way he plays is like, the ball doesn't have to go to me. I don't have to be the highest scorer. He's like, I'm just going to do what needs to be done to win this to game. To win. If I, yeah. if I have to score 50 and that's it on this game, 
he can do that. If he needs to have 15 rebounds and out-hustle everybody for a rebound, he'll do that. If he needs to be a facilitator, Kyle Lowry's out. He needs to be a facilitator. I'll go and have 10 assists. And that's what I love about him so much is that he just does what needs to be done in that certain specific game. So if you think about it from the opposition side, like how do you game plan against that when you don't know which Jimmy Butler you're going to see? It's not like going against uh, Luka or um, if you're going against Jason Tatum and the Celtics, you kind of know Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know the spots they like to get to, what, what, what they're trying to do when they get the ball in certain positions. Jimmy is kind of like, is he going to be a facilitator today? Should we double team him? Okay, let's not double team him. Oh, he puts 50 on you. Like, oh, great. Should've Jimmy versus him. Jason is going to be a great matchup, dude. I'm telling you, that Miami Heat Celtics series is going to be, I think, better than the Mavs Warriors series, entertainment-wise. It, it, uh, it's going to be uh, two. It, I like it because it's two kind of opposites. You got nitty-gritty in the Eastern Conference, nitty-gritty, tough, exactly. defensive-minded. Yeah. Western Conference is finesse. Yeah. You know, step-back threes, all the pretty stuff we like to see. And that that's why I love it because we're getting – it's best of both worlds, and we're going to be getting it one back to back, night after night after night. Yep. While Chris Paul's out of the playoffs again, there's a meme about Luca holding Devin Booker like he's a baby. And I have laughed every single time I've seen it, and I've seen it at least a dozen times. I hope both of you have seen it, but it is so fucking funny. Um, I want your opinion on the sport, on the football thing before we hop off. Drew Brees, you going back to play or not? Nah? I hope not. You hope not? <laughs> Jamie's got to catch those doves. I, I like, I just hope not, bro. <laughs> it, yeah, at a certain weird. point, you just like, like you being inter- inter- interested in the fight game, uh, you know, at a certain point, you kind of watch a fighter. You're like, why you keep going back in, man? Like, why you keep going back in? It's almost a similar feeling with Drew Brees. It's like, you already got out, man. Like, why are you going back in? You don't need to take that beating anymore. He's a littler guy, too. So, Mm -hmm. didn't like it at NBC. Saw that Jarvis Landry signed with the the Saints, which was interesting. They got Alvin now, Jarvis, Honey Badger. Drew was like, huh, it's not a bad team. I I think I might go look at that. Sean Payton's gone, though, which is an interesting thing. I don't think he'll go play. We'll see what happens with Drew, but I just wanted your quick opinion. Uh, two fans, you know where to find us. At Slice Devils Pod, at Slice Devils Podcast. We're also on YouTube, Slice Devils Podcast, and on TikTok, Slice Devils Podcast. In case you didn't know, we are the Slice Devils Podcast, or just Slice Devils Podcast. You can look us up, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>